It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back for a bonus episode of the PowerMizzou.com podcast. Usually we drop on Thursdays, but today a special edition had a chance to spend about 20 minutes this morning with new Mizzou head basketball coach Conzo Martin. So I want you to listen in. Here's our conversation with Missouri's new basketball coach. I wanted to ask you first, you've been here, what, a month maybe? Three, four weeks, something like that. The the fan base, this has, your first month has kind of ramped up expectations and excitement probably beyond anybody's expectation a month ago. Has it, has the reception been even beyond and, and the events that have transpired even beyond your expectations? No, because I, I've always felt that they've had a great fan base. Now, I, mm-hmm. I do feel like the energy, I was really impressed with the energy when we had the recruits on campus, uh, right. just, just from our students. Uh, I thought they did a tremendous job mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in showcasing what we have to offer here at Mizzou, and I think that, that has a, a huge effect on our success in recruiting. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to really applaud and appreciate their efforts right there because it doesn't go unnoticed and, and it's it's very much needed. Uh, so, so that part was exciting to see, but 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 I but I never underestimated the fan support, the fan energy here at Mizzou because I I knew they've always had it because again I've been here before, so it's not like my first time. We we played here when I was at Tennessee. I was an assistant coach. We played here when I was at Purdue, so I saw the energy and the enthusiasm then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to wait till now to talk to you because you can actually talk about some of these guys now. So just like as a basketball player, what are you getting in Michael Porter Jr.? Well, you're talking about a talented guy. Of course, I haven't coached him before, but you, a guy that's 6'10", can, can truly play inside-outside. You know, a lot of guys talk about they can play inside-outside, mm-hmm. but he, he can play inside-outside. He can handle the ball. He can make decisions with the basketball. Uh, he shoots it very well. I mean, shoots it. He's an when you when you talk about a high school guy, he has an elite stroke for a high school guy. A catch and shoot, he's open. He makes shots, scores around the rim both ways, uh, makes free throws, rebounds the ball. He's a good player. I mean, it's the reason why he's the number one player in the country. There's a lot of good players, but he's a good player. He's a good basketball player. It seems as if he has a great mind for the game, mm-hmm. a great feel for the game. Uh, it just again, I, I think he's a guy that can. He can play with anybody because he knows how to play and he can fit mm-hmm. in a lot of different places. He's a guy, I don't know if he necessarily has a position because he, he does so many things. And he, and I, I think you you have to decide how you defend him or who you do, who you have to defend him. And, and similar to, I'll go back to a guy that I played with in Glenn Robinson who was 6'8", similar skills. Uh, and Glenn Robinson was a guy that if you put a big guy on him, he takes him off the dribble. He mm-hmm. takes him on the perimeter and make plays. You put a smaller guy on him, he gets around the rim, shoots his pull-ups or posts up. And it was all instinct. It wasn't as if it was scripted. He just knew how to play. And the same way you watch Michael from afar, he does some of those same things. It's just basketball. Mm-hmm. So he's reading, he's reacting. So, again, his tool is coming up, and you have to obviously have to give his parents a lot of credit to help him understand that part. has been impressive. But also the guys that have you know coached him along the way. If there's – and look, when you're the number one guy in the country, there may not be too many weaknesses, but when you get him on campus in June, what, where do you think he can improve to be ready to immediately be what people hope he is at that level? Well, I think with all guys coming in, I would say 90-plus percent of all incoming freshmen is the strength and conditioning because right. they, they haven't been through it at this level. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you lifted in high school, but they haven't been through that part at this level. Now he's also going against guys 
when he has a target on his back, he's going against the other team's best defensive guy at that position. He'll see different type of looks defensively. So it's our job to put him in position in the summertime as well as in the fall to throw different things at him defensively so he can see how he, how he handles a double, or how he sees when guys run at him from the perimeter, when they double him in the post, uh, when they trap him, he coming off a ball screen. So give him different looks so he can get used to it. And, uh, and I think that'll help him because, again, that's stuff he probably hadn't seen. Mm -hmm. I think just the unknown of going from high school to college with most guys, just dealing with that part of just uh, he's been he's been dealing with expectations for some years now uh, mm -hmm. because he's that caliber player. So so that part he'll he'll continue to develop with that. I think the great part about him he has the luxury of having his dad on the staff. So there's a sounding board of a guy that I know I can trust. You know, oftentimes mm -hmm. when you when you recruit a young man and you, you you have him, you recruit him. You x amount of times you saw him play, x amount of times you did a home visit, had him on official visit. But in this case, he truly knows one of our assistant coaches, you know, right. so it's like, man, okay, what am I going through right now? And there's mm -hmm. a sounding board to say, okay, here's what you're going through. This is how you get out of that situation. I think it's a great, great thing for him. Uh, I talked to Jim Stark this morning, and he said I could not, we could not ask for a better recruiter than Michael Porter yes. Jr. I mean, just the, the, I, I, I almost, this might be too simplistic a phrase. It seems like it's cool to go to Missouri again. And, to, you know, this program has, has gotten such a bump. Which it should be because, again, he's a, he's a talented ball player. He's a good person. Other guys want to play with him. And that, and that says something about him. And I've been around that situation where you probably have good players and not a lot of guys want to play with. There's a guy they want to play with because they know he'll pass the ball. They know he's a good player. And I, I think, like I said to our, player, our current roster, to our guys, I said, guys, you have to understand, this program has great tradition and history. We, we've had a few bumps in a row. Let's not let that become who we are. Mm -hmm. Let's learn from it and push forward. And I think that is the biggest key. And I think we, 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 with, with young men around the country, they, they, they understand that they do the homework. Like I say to them, do your homework about Mizzou. Uh, and, 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 and the thing I say to them, everybody have hard times. Everybody goes through something. And that, I mean, as a program. So we're learning from it and we're moving forward. We'd love for you to be a part of our program. So and that, that, that's that been great, uh, a great sale for us. And we just try to focus on every day like it's our last day. Uh, one of those guys that, that obviously really want to play with Mike is Blake. Um, you know, what I've heard about him is kind of elite level passer. Is, is that accurate? Is that, yes. that what stands out? Pass the ball, you know, 6'3 guard, you know, 185 at the point guard position, 6'3 strong, attacks the rim, does a great job of passing the ball. And Blake's the kind of guy he wants to play with with other guys that so he can pass the ball, you know. Mm -hmm. And he can score the ball. He can score. He gets to the rim. He finishes at his size at that point guard position. He can finish at the rim. Uh, he has a chance to be a great defender. I think at, at that size and the way he moves. But but the great thing about him, he loves to pass the ball and he wants to pass the ball. He wants to find guys to get the ball to. How about uh, CJ? I mean, do, were you familiar with him really when you took the job here? Do you have to kind of scout him? Well. I seen him on the AU circuit, but of course we weren't recruiting him uh, because of where I was. And obviously, when he when he committed to Missouri, not, I'm not necessarily watching guys that right. are not a part of our program. So I had to uh, refresh from the standpoint of watching video and call a lot of my guys that I knew down in Texas. And um, you know, he's a maybe six one, quick, strong guard, tough kid. Now that's the thing that's impressive: tough, gets to the rim, makes plays, uh, plays with a lot of flash. I like that, you know. I like his energy. And another guy I think has the ability to be an elite defender, a guy that can get to the rim on guys and, and finish at the rim. Quick, strong. He's a guy that can play both guard positions.
That's what I want. Him and Blake, I mean, obviously you got Terrence coming back. So do you want all these guys to kind of be able to play both spots? Or? Well, I think, I think it's basketball at the end of the day. Uh, you, when, you, when you play the point guard position in our program, of course, if we need to run an actual play, a set play to get us into some, our point guard would have the ball unless we run into something specifically. But I like to have three or four guys. When we get especially, obviously, the Porter's out there. He's another guy that can handle the ball. So you get the ball off the glass, go with it. I don't think our five man can handle the ball right now like that, but five outlet the ball. But I want through fours. Those guys should be able to get off the glass and go, and we flow right to our offense. Yeah. You uh, you said last week, okay, we're going to try to use all our scholarships every year. Just it, not talking about anybody specifically, but as a general approach, are you, and especially with this team, are you open to transfers, a guy that yes. maybe couldn't play this year? Oh, yes, we open to everything. Because, again, it's, it's not like we coach it for one year, one season and we're done. I mean, you, right. you, you building the programs to, to sustain over the course of time and be consistent with that. So we're looking at a lot of different guys, guys that are transferred every year to sit out, guys that have three years, guys that are you know, grad transfers, so every, everything that can help us be successful. But the most important thing, whoever we bring in, we, we have to feel as a staff that he fits into our current roster. I think mm -hmm. that's the most important thing. Does he fit in with the guys that we currently have? Because I think we have a great group of guys currently. And I think we've signed three good pieces to go with those guys from a standpoint of character, in my opinion. So now it's just add, of course, you want a talented basketball player, but I think more important, you got to have a good person, in my opinion. When do you expect to kind of have a feel for, okay, our roster's set? Uh, I mean, how long is that? I, take? I would imagine around, uh, hopefully, no later than May, because then you have two weekends of recruiting, even though these evaluation periods are not necessarily guys are coming in this fall, but you know, we got today, tomorrow, and Wednesday are, is our, our last days of recruiting. Mm -hmm. And after that, it's just kind of, they got to come on campus and those evaluations. So we like to hopefully have some done by May and then we moving forward. But you never know, stuff happens. <laughs> right. Um, I, obviously, a lot of what we do is the recruiting piece. So I want to talk big picture with you. Like, you're going out on the road. What what do you see at an AAU tournament or at one of these things that, hey, this guy is a, is a Conzo Martin type player? What do you look for? Well, of course you want talent. I, I, I think, you know, years ago you, you, you could see you could see a guy and say he's, he's an elite defender, and that would, that would really sit. I'll give you a prime example a guy in high school, Josh Richardson. We had him at Tennessee. Mm -hmm. His length, you knew he could defend the ball, he could slash to the rim, but I looked at him like he could be an elite defender. I think more so with the way the game has changed, with the way the game has been officiated in the last, you know, two and a half, three years, where a foul is actually a foul, a hand checks a hand, it's a foul. How you defend in the post is very hard to defend in the post one on one. So, guys are getting to the free throw line more. If you have guys that can go off the dribble, so, so for us now it's more like it used to be where you can get you know a roster full of guys who are just athletic, mm -hmm. runners and jumpers. Well, now you got to get skilled in that guys that can make shots. Guys that can make free throws, that sounds crazy, but guys that consistently make free throws, guys that can dribble and get to the rim and make plays, can put pressure on the defense, especially with the way the game's efficient. So now, when we look at a guy, of course you see talent. But I think more than anything, what's his skill package? Is he specializing in catching and shooting, which is great? Does he specialize in dribble, penetrating, getting to the lane, regardless of what his size is? Is he a great low post scorer? So really guys that with, with more of an offensive skill set, because I think you can, you can teach guys how to play defense. And you don't want to have a lot of guys who just think shot, shot, shot. Because you got to have mm -hmm. a, a mixture of guys with, with a pulse to play defense and a passion to play defense and defend and rebound and play or doing some of those things. So I think there's a combination. Uh, but, 
you know, if you can find big guys out there, because now big big guys are so skilled. There's not really many big guys with the back to the basket anymore. It's all mm -hmm. on face up. They make plays because uh, the game is so spread out now. So there's really guys that got to have a skill package. I just think, you know, those days are just getting a guy that can run and jump and trying to develop them. That's, that's a hard thing to do nowadays. Flip side of that then, and it, this may not be something on the court. could be, you know, what you find out about a guy talking to people, social media, anything. But what can you see out on the recruiting trail that you just say, nope, that's it, that's not going to work? You no, know, great question. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I've always been a guy to try to live by that because if that was the case, then Coach Katie would have judged me differently, you know, yeah. because of where I come from. So I, I try to steer clear of that because you don't know kids until you get to know them. You know, and, and I have to be careful and you have to be conscious of a, a young man's situation, his background, his upbringing before you make those type of decisions. Mm -hmm. And I've never been a guy shy away from guys like that because, again, if that was the case, then, then Glenn Robinson, Porter Roberts, I ain't stand back myself. We wouldn't have been at West Lafayette, you know, mm -hmm. because we had, because of where we come from, we had, you know, I guess some would perceive us as issues. So, and then again, unless some crazy, I see a guy fighting his parents or something, <laughs> that's probably the only thing. But other than that, I. I think you give them a chance because they're still kids. Um, it, obviously, you wouldn't necessarily shy away from a, a one-and-done type guy, um, you know, because a lot of people expect that to be the case with Mike. Um, how do you – has that changed recruiting, though, how you have to balance, you know, getting a guy and you think you may only have him for four months and then you're going out and doing it again? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think the, the surprise – is when you have a guy that nobody expected that, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he plays extremely well, and bam, it happens. That's the surprise. But 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 a guy like in Mike's case, I mean, that's that is what it is, you know. Mm -hmm. So so the sell with that, which is the easiest sell, the next guy of his caliber, that's in the class behind him, man. Man, look what happened to him. You want to be like Mike? So that's an easy sell because right. that part is understood. There's no guessing in that situation, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's part of it. So I don't think that's a problem at all, man. Because again. The, the only thing I, I want from those guys is to be on pace to get a degree if they ever come back to get a degree, mm -hmm. just to be on pace to do that. Yes, Because yeah, I know some coaches had said more in the past, I think a lot of coaches have come around to it, but more in the past, hey, we want guys that are going to be here three or four years. You just want a player well, I think as long as he's here. I think if guys said that, then they probably couldn't get those guys. <laughs> right. I mean, no, no, you, nobody's going to pass up on talented players. I mean, right. come, come on now. You, you, everybody wants a talented basketball player, so it's not like they're bad people. Right. The guy's blessed with a gift. Now, you mean to tell me as a coach, you don't want that, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> we, we, want, we want quality players. We want good guys because mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to win just like everybody else. It, when you go out on the road here over the next few weeks, I mean, how much now do you have to look at 18, look at 19? You know, kind of what, what's the approach when you, when you uh, hit the road? For, for us, it's, it's 18, 19, and 20. We just Because, mm -hmm. you, again, you try to cover a lot of ground moving into the fall because what, what you want to do right now, we, we have an idea of guys that – that we'll attack aggressively right now. I mean, because we, we're familiar with the area. But it's 18, 19, and 20. And it's just kind of, because what happened with a 20 kid, you, you know the AU program, you can't talk to them. So you just understand the AU program, you watch them, you take notes, you build a relationship from there through phone calls and that sort of thing. But really, it's identifying those 18s and 19s. Uh, and then you really attack them between this point on. And then you kind of, uh, there are also guys that you felt like were pretty good and they, they might not reach your expectations and you kind of tape off here, move over here. Because there are a lot of guys that you want to see. There are guys in New York, there are guys in Texas, there are guys all over. Mm -hmm. So just evaluating the best guys that fit what we're trying to do. How do you view kind of your role in the recruiting process? I know some coaches will see themselves as like the closer, hey, the assistants recruit them, and I come in at the end. What's your role? I'm a part of everything. I'm, 
I'm out every day. I'm a part of every aspect of our recruiting. I'm not one of those guys because I, I just feel like I'm, I, I'm not a guy that's going in the summertime and, and all of a sudden the fall starts. Let me start coaching the guys. I mean, I, I've always been a guy that's based everything on relationships, uh, genuine relationships, and communicate with our players, uh, helping them understand that as, as a head coach, I'm a part of it. So, again, now the recruit, the, the assistant coach, they do a lot of, but I'm. I'm just as much a part of anything. So if there's ever a case where we, we lost a young man, it's because I lost him. You know, it's not a case where this is this assistant coach, he was the guy that main guy recruited him. I've, I've never believed in that. I mean, we win and lose as a program, and that's how it is in recruiting. If we lose him, that means I was a big factor in that. Mm -hmm. With your assistance, is it, uh, I, I mean, do you guys recruit based geographically, based where they've recruited in the past? Yes. How do you kind of assign well, What I've always done, and we'll sit down with our staff, we kind of touched on it here, here and there as a staff, but what I've always done is just we recruit areas so so you don't have two guys work in one area. So mm -hmm. you have to cover ground. And then there are also places we felt like uh, it's not really worth recruiting there, so let's focus our energy over here somewhere. So we've done that as well. So with our guys, are just kind of hitting the ground because it's been so fast. Guys are mm -hmm. moving. Uh, and then you got you know two weekends left. So once these two weekends left, and then as you move into June and July, we'll kind of taper off and lock in on guys we need to get after. And there have also been guys I've exclusively recruited, just kind of one-on-one recruited the young man, his family. Uh, but we, we, we try to do areas like this guy might take this state, this guy might take this state now. And you have situations where one of our assistant coaches might be, Hollander might be recruiting Texas. Well, Mike Porter might say, okay, I got a great relationship with a guy that's, okay, you go ahead and take over. So that, that happens. And right. again, it's, it's not about egos because what I try to do up front it's all based on what I see as, as a coach because you might have a guy, each assistant coach might have a guy that he likes him, he likes him, he likes him for that one position. And it's my decision as a coach to make based on what I see. So mm -hmm. so it's never a case of where a coach took my guy because he likes him more. It's not, it's not about that because we're all in this thing together and we're all trying to do the same things. You, uh, you talked a little at your introductory press conference about recruiting the state and the area. Um, I remember when Gary Pinkle got the job here a long time ago, he said, none of those problems – happened when I was here, but they're all now my problems. Um, it, how much, how familiar are you with Missouri's kind of in-state? I mean, you, you could make a, you could probably make an all-star team out of kids that have left this state in the last 10, 12 years. And, and how do you combat that? Well, I think you always try to fight to, to keep the good players and guys that you're trying to get to keep them stay at home and go to Mizzou. Uh, but that's not always the case. You look at it, you look at every place in America. Somebody's losing somebody. I mean, it's not it's not like he's my son. I mean, it's just I mean, does it does young men that you're recruiting to be a part of your program and they found something better, they found something better. It's our, it's our job to find thirteen scholarship guys that fit what we're trying to do to help us win and be successful. Would you like to have guys within your state? Yes, but I mean there are guys all around the country that can help you be successful. But but should you recruit your state very hard? The the biggest thing that we always talk about, especially guys within our state we have to do everything in our power so it's hard for that young man. He might want to tell that other school yes, but it's extremely hard for him to tell us no. Mm -hmm. Outside of the state of Missouri, I mean, obviously I know you have plenty of ties in Illinois, but given the staff you've assembled, are, are there certain areas that you said these are places that, that we need to be good or is it just a national approach? Well, it's certainly a national approach, but but if you talk about, of course, the state of Missouri, uh, in the Kansas City area up there, two years on the other side. But... Uh, but Mizzou had success in the state of Michigan, you know, mm -hmm. years back. So that's the area you have to look at. Illinois is obviously the area you have to look at. Texas areas, because those are places. That, you know, George is a place. So you got it that 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 I've been familiar with. But again, that's 
you don't want to shortchange anybody else. I mean, I went to school in Indiana. I was, I was there for 18 years. lived there 18 years. So there's so many players. But it's really what you, what you think helps you win games and how you can become successful. But because I, I do think Mizzou is a great brand. And it's our job to continue to market our brand. Does your recruiting philosophy and approach have to be different here than it was at Cal or was it Tennessee? Or is it, in general, the same thing with mine? The only, the only difference in, in every, every place I've been in comparison to Cal is because the academic rigors right. at Cal. There, there's so many guys, so many guys. We had several guys. One is at Baylor we couldn't get in school. He was a good academic student. One's at Oklahoma State because – and one's at, you know, we had him. He transferred from UNLV because of the situation. He had to go somewhere else. So just – the, the academic piece, and I'm, and I'm mm -hmm. talking about you know quality students, and, and that's fine. That's, that was the that was, those were their standards, and you have to deal with that. Uh, so, so I don't think we have those issues here in, in any other place I've been at. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing for you, just uh, obviously recruiting's a, a major focus for the next few weeks. But how much can you be with your current team over the summer, and what do you do with those guys until they come back for class? Oh, with our current team, we start summer school June 5th, and all our guys that come in, I think, on the third. At least the new guys are third, and the returning guys are fourth, and we start on the fifth. And we'll be the whole summer until what, all, July 28th is the last day. Guys will go home, I would imagine, that that Sunday, Monday now. And we start school August 21st. So, uh, But once June 5th hits, that's, everybody's in the fold, and we're rolling. Yeah. No time off in year one, huh? <laughs> well, we always in the summertime. So what, so what we do, just the strength and conditioning, get ahead in the classroom. Uh, the academic piece, again, is just as important. We also have guys if they want to intern. I think that's important because again, it's not everybody, every guy will be an NBA player. So we have to make sure we put our guys in position to be successful student athletes and hopefully have successful careers. So there you have it. Our first chance to really go one on one with Conzo Martin. For you guys, uh, we wanted to focus more on the recruiting angle. Not only really get the first public comments, at least that weren't out in a prepared statement on Michael Porter Jr., C.J. Roberts and Blake Harris, but also just kind of get into Coach Martin's recruiting philosophy, how the staff is going to approach things over the next few months and, and really over the next few years. So I wanted to give you a, a peek inside how Conzo Martin is going to handle that. And uh, anytime we have a chance to catch up with the most popular man in town at this point in time, we're certainly going to take advantage of that. Also had a chance this week to talk to Jim Sterk. That will be on our regularly scheduled podcast. That's going to drop Thursday morning, so make sure to listen to that. And, uh, hey, two in one week. It is good times here at Mizzou. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you in a few days.